What did we just watch, Amy? We just watched Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Just one, though. Just one Harley Quinn. And we didn't just watch it. We watched it three days ago. So memories. Oh, no. Memories. The illusion must is shattered. serve for that, <laughs> for which I took no notes. I took very few notes. I'm, I was, I was a little mad. I was back and, like, enjoying it. Yeah, it was a very enjoyable movie. I, I didn't have super high expectations for it. Mainly because it's a DC Universe film. Well, I think the lesson for DC here is get your female directors and writers and stars and you have a successful film. (laughs) Otherwise. I mean, I feel like Wonder Woman suffered in the last third. I think it's it's structurally. Okay, okay, but let's compare it to the other DC films. In the universe. You mean the Zack Snyder films? Or... Zack Snyder films. Aquaman was meh. Yeah, Aquaman is real meh. Meh. Much like Aquaman himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Wonder Woman was entertaining. Yeah. This was entertaining. We can talk about some structural issues or whatever, but it was a popcorn film. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a it's... lot of structural issues with it, actually. Okay. Like, Which which surprised me, again, coming from the, the universe of DC films. Um, and this is technically sort of a sequel to Suicide Squad. Squad, Although my understanding is the less said about that movie, the better. I literally could not watch past the first like 15, 20 minutes of that movie. I was just like, this is nothing for me. So I'm turning it off. And then I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't need to have seen Suicide Squad. No, not at all. Because we we haven't seen Suicide. You don't really need much of anything. Like you, it might be useful to know who Harley Quinn is, but even then there's an intro that sets up what you need to know. Yeah. Because you probably know who the Joker is. Yeah. You you just absorb that from pop culture. Like, you know who Batman is. Yeah. Or Superman is. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. You're good there. Um, I enjoyed it to the point where I would definitely watch it again. Oh wow, that's big praise <laughs> from you. So I, as someone who doesn't watch movies again, I I don't usually enjoy watching TV shows or movies again, which is why uh, I would be a terrible director and did not <laughs> pursue that in my theater career. I've seen this already. Do something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, but immediately, like I wanted to watch it again to catch some more mm-hmm. some more of it um yeah it's a surprisingly dense film and not in in an annoying way um i do the i mean the best the, place to start is the, the beginning the best place to start is the beginning except it's about, she doesn't <laughs> no it's it's all kind of yeah. flashbacks and and whatnot to get to the story but it's it's harley from harley quinn's point of view and she's the joker has just broken up with her for good and she's heartbroken and dealing with that and hijinks ensue yeah pretty Um, much and uh i think it's a kind of a story of harley quinn discovering some more of her humanity Mm -hmm. um because the joker is clearly a psychopath yeah or sociopath whichever one is like the worst bad one (laughs) that is unfeeling Um, yeah I mean, it's it's kind of portrayed a little bit like an abusive relationship, and and yeah. one would absolutely be not incorrect in arguing that the Harley Quinn Joker relationship overall is pretty abusive. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't dwell on that much. It's much more about the aftermath of what that looks like. And I I will say from a structural standpoint, yes, the film 
narratively bounces around between time a lot and mm-hmm. was like, oh, I should tell you what this is and yeah. what's going on here. And that's good. But it also is impressive to me how much of the film it obeys the um, the Aristotelian law of unified plot. Only in the sense that for a movie that is bouncing all over town and time in five different storylines, it's basically got like a single inciting incident and everything else that happens flows out from that. Yes, if you if you kind of reorder the flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. If if you if you look at the story of what happens rather than the order in which it is told. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Harley Quinn breaks that guy's leg, which makes Black Canary the new driver, which mm-hmm. leads to you know her scene her neighbor swipe the diamond yeah the MacGuffin that everyone wants yeah and so like all of that was very well done like I really appreciated the ability to do a complex telling of a fairly straightforward narrative mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the reverse of that which is I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh mean but like a chris nolan movie uh, particularly a later period chris nolan movie where he bounces around and makes his movies intentionally confusing mm-hmm. um or like inception which everyone was like oh it was so complex and i was like no it wasn't <laughs> it was very straightforward and i knew exactly what was happening so birds of prey is easy to understand but still a kind of a complex storytelling yes. happening yes complex things happening they they do a really good job of guiding you through the experience of a non-linear storytelling mm-hmm. thing so we we Sarah. see um the sort of joke i the way i like to think of it is like a joke you see the setup normally you see setup and then punchline but with this you see the punchline first a lot mm-hmm. and then harley's like oh wait i should explain I should explain how we got there and that device is used pretty much the first two acts and yeah. the third, and third act, act is like is very... all the timelines and the characters come together yes and um in a way that i did not expect again because i think i had really low expectations for this film um like each of the main ensemble characters had their own narrative arc and it just happened that they all ended up in this same direction because of the way the stories intersected mm-hmm. Um, again, to compare something like Suicide Squad, where it's literally Amanda Waller is like, you six are now working for me as a team, whether you like it or not. Um, and so there's no real character motivation for why they're doing what they're doing, other than I don't want to be die, so I guess I do thing. I guess I save. I, I, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that was strong. I appreciated that. Um, I also, as um, the nerd, comic book nerd that I am, also appreciated, like, oh, I know who Renee Montoya is. Like, she is one of the people who's eventually Batwoman. And then later she becomes The Question, who's one of my favorite superheroes. Mm. Um, She's technically the second question. There was one before her, but I don't remember what his name was. Um, But basically The Question is like, what if all of the P.I. tropes were rolled into one person? (laughs) <laughs> like trench coat, hat, 
um, like like all the noir, all the noir sort of private investigator stories, um, and the the like just a you know the the last sane person in a world of madness mm-hmm. sort of thing is like is the question borderline alcoholic. Oh yeah, like um, all of that stuff, which they did a really good job of integrating into the character of Renee Montoya. Um, being a little bit, you know, past her prime, a little bit older than her compatriots, um, which again kind of fits into that like weatheredness that the question eventually has. Um, so things like that I thought were real fun. Or uh, the girl who swallowed the diamond, Cassandra Kane, not to be confused with Kate Kane. Yeah, I I was wondering about some <laughs> of the last names here. It's the it's the Bruce Spider Man problem. We have to have names that are alliterative. Okay. Well, that's an obscure. No, reference, I well, no, yeah. I was wondering if she was of the Canes of Gotham no, City. It is spelled differently. It is with C's rather than K's. Oh, okay. That's okay. not obvious okay. in the film. Um, but Cassandra Kane is one of the Batgirls over the history of the character of Batgirl. Oh, that is interesting. So the only reason I know who the Canes are is because we just watched the first season of Batwoman. Second season? Nope, that was the first one. That was the first whole season? That was so long. Second season gets a new Batwoman. Oh, that's right. Second season gets a new Batwoman. Which, like, first black female Mm -hmm. primetime superhero. Superhero. Solo superhero. Because obviously we had Black Lightning, which has some black female superheroes as part of the main cast. Yeah, yeah, but they're not the protagonists. Yes. That's Black Lightning. That's Black Lightning. Is this protagonist. Uh, yeah, so that's the only reason I know who the... <coughs> the Canes are. The Canes are. Because Kate Kane is Batwoman. <coughs> Spoilers! Bless you. <laughs> you get that in the first episode. Oh, okay. Never so mind. not a spoiler. Uh, yeah. So I also wondered about Black Canary because I think her name was Dinah Lance. Yes. And so in Arrow, again, I have no <laughs> comic book knowledge. Yeah, but, but you've in, watched enough DC CW I watch, shows. I watch all the CW shows, basically. <laughs> I'm an expert on CW. Um, it's Laurel Lance that is Black Canary. Yes. Um which I believe the name Laurel... I believe Laurel Lance was a change, because Dinah Lance is the, traditionally the Black Canary. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't watched Arrow, so I don't I don't know that as yeah. well. Um, but yes, Laurel Lance in Arrowverse, and then Sarah Lance, her sister, are the Black and White Canaries, respectively. In Arrow. In Arrowverse. The TV show. Yes. Arrowverse. Um Whereas here, Black Canary was Dinah Lance. Mm-hmm. Um, although there have been multiple Black Canaries, so it's entirely possible that Laurel and Dinah were both Black Canaries. At I don't know. Times. Yeah. Because that's how superheroes work, is different people take up the mantle. Well, yeah, and they don't, I mean, they don't do a, like, a backstory on Black Canary, like how she comes to her metahuman mm-hmm. in, in the context of the film. Yeah, there, there are sort of brief references to it, but it's not important to the story yeah. they're telling, so that is narrative chuff that is tossed out to keep a relatively straightforward relative story relatively straightforward there's actually kind of an unusual thing in superhero films marvel or dc it's yeah, not to start all with the origin story with origin stories and none of this was origin story no maybe if you were gonna like have a a film about the birds of prey but yeah like as a superhero group mm-hmm. but 
But it's, which, but it's a Harley Quinn film. It's like, a Harley Quinn film. It's an ensemble, but she, it, she she's is, the protagonist. Yeah, Margot Robbie owns the film, and it is she is literally telling the story of it, mm-hmm. so it is from yeah. her perspective. Yeah. yeah. There was also um, a Birds of Prey CW show, although it was back on the yes. WB or UPN yep. before they merged. Which they referenced in... Crisis on Infinite they Earths. They did. They did reference it on Crisis on Infinite Earths. They referenced. Earths. They they were like. They did all the deep meta. cuts on that show. That so was many so deep good. Cuts. Um, yes, they did reference that in Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was great. Um, yeah, I watched that one back when it was on. That was when I was first introduced to the Huntress, who mm-hmm. is the character as as we discover is Crossbow Girl. <laughs> 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 Everybody calls her. She calls herself the, the Huntress. Huntress, which was a great joke. Yeah. And I think um, uh, who played Huntress? Uh, Mary. Oh, uh... Mary Elizabeth Winstead brought a lot to a very small role mm-hmm. in that. In that she had very few lines. Um, her character kind of seemed underdeveloped, although you could read that as well. Yeah, this is a woman who was adopted by assassins after her family was died and doesn't have great social skills. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I thought she did a lot with that. That was fun. It's a good cast. It was a good, it was a fun movie. Everybody, yeah, this was like the the female superhero film Hmm. we've been waiting for that we didn't get from Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, where it was just tight. Yeah. Um, it was enjoyable to watch, and um, they were all disenfranchised woman- women mm-hmm. for different reasons. Mm-hmm. It didn't read as like it had some depth. Yes. To it, which, their which stories again, of why I feel like... they were disenfranchised by men specifically. Yeah. And their lives were controlled indirectly or directly by men mm-hmm. and men's decisions yes um yeah that, yeah okay also uh there was a lot of really cool visual stuff that i feel like particularly superhero movies mainstream both sides have been missing yeah so that was one of the things i wanted to talk about i mean you can continue on the visual that was the statement <laughs> <laughs> were the scenes i really enjoyed the fight scenes i think one because it looked like a lot of them were done i don't know what's called live not with cgi yeah um so and you could see them with the editing (laughs) yes you knew it was happening it was happening it was telling a story like it's ticking all of my boxes of (laughs) what i'm looking for in fight choreography (laughs) um in in films and yeah. to me it was like reminiscent of the things i liked of fight scenes in atomic blonde yeah also the I john wick series i was reminded of both of those yeah um i think i did think the final fight scene in the fun house got a little muddy compared to something like when she storms the the police station fairly early on mm-hmm. um where we see her walking through with the the beanbag gun yeah Smoke grenades, confetti cannon, confetti cannon, whatever it was, not important. Again, that was, I took that as like we're very much seeing this from her perspective. Yeah, <laughs> but that was a very tightly done action sequence um, in a way that was very satisfying. I feel like there was just so much going on in this in the the finale fight 
that it wasn't as tight. I wouldn't call that the finale fight because after that we get the roller skating fight. That's the last one. I'm talking about the roller skating fight. Oh, I thought you were talking about Funhouse. Are you putting those together? I'm considering those like kind of one and the same. They're back to back. They're part of the same narrative moment. Okay. Okay. But yes, Funhouse, and then she puts on the roller skates and says, "How did you have time to put on roller skates?" And that's a fun, that's a fun comment. For continuity yeah. reasons. I well, like... she had the roller skates earlier. She just wasn't wearing them yet. <laughs> well, and it connects back to, like, one of the things early in the film, one of her breakup activities was joining a roller derby team yeah. and getting out her <laughs> aggression on the roller derby yes, team. Yes, that was also really good. Um, did you notice Cassandra Kane in the audience of the roller derby? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, thought th- I thought that was real clever, too, that we were, yes. were, were shown her. And it's intentional. Like you can, the mm-hmm. camera looks at her and her pickpocketing fairly early on without yeah. establishing who she is until later. So yeah. when we see her again, we know something's important about her. Yeah. Well, I get what you're saying about the fun house. Inside the fun house, some of it did get muddled. Um, but one of the moments that stood out to me is when the huntress is hopping on those like tongues, and it's a yes. very like American Ninja Warrior <laughs> sort of. Yes, that moment I think was worked really well. It was really the I guess I guess there's two roller skating fights because there's the one where she's being pulled along by the huntress, which is not the one I'm talking about. So. Okay, that's what I mean. Was not yeah. muddled. No, that was great. That was fine. That's I what have I no mean. The roller skate that. behind the car. Yes, that was that was handled very well. Uh, no, in the funhouse specifically. Like when they were bouncing against the hands and we yeah. were moving a lot, that that was a little less clean. That was a little less storytelling of like mm-hmm. what's going on here and why, other than we have to fight a bunch of goons. That was was a l- relative low point um, in the fight choreography to me, when so much of it had been so expertly crafted mm-hmm. <laughs> earlier mm-hmm. on. And then later on too, with the, the the actual roller skating fight that Amy was talking about. <laughs> yeah, where they where Harley Quinn's being pulled along by roller skates mm-hmm. by first the Huntress on a motorcycle and um, then on the car on, on, on a car and just the stunts on that mm-hmm. were really cool. Yeah, they were very good. And again, I felt and it was clear seeing what was happening, oh, yes. and it was still telling. A story. Mm-hmm. You knew what people's motivations were doing and, mm-hmm. and trying to accomplish. I also enjoy the headcanonness of knowing that Margot Robbie was also uh, in the ice skating movie. Tanya Harding. Tanya. I, Tanya. Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was she One- Tanya? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, oh, did she learn to skate so well for Itania? Or, like, what came first? <laughs> I mean, clearly it's not always going to be her skating. No. But, um, but I, I think that she knows how to yeah. handle herself. Well, the roller skates, skates and the big hammer are a relatively classic, as far as the term goes, um, part of harley quinn's iconography so the fact that we got her into those was definitely intentional oh yeah i'm not saying that. it was a callback to no, Itania, no. but i was just no it's my, useful my that she probably cannon. has that skating experience to make these stunts more effective mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah did you know harley quinn did not originate in dc comics no that's a fun story I think this is true. I'm probably wrong. But I'm pretty sure she was originally created specifically for Batman the Animated Series. Okay. Um, by 
Bruce Timm and the other people who were involved in the creation of that series. Which is so funny. Like, that animated series, which was for kids, is so well-regarded. So good. Um, Batman the Animated Series is so good that I had to, like, get over how good it was to enjoy other Batman cartoons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Batman Brave and the Bold is also really good. But the animated series set the bar so high that it was, like, it felt impossible to clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and having, like, Dietrich Bader... Yeah, that's who played the Batman and Brave and the Bold. Like, it's not it's not Kevin Conroy, so it's not Batman. <laughs> that was, a, that was a my so. problem to get over. Um, yeah. Yeah, very well shot. Enjoyably shot. Like, it looked like it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, action sequence don't have to be fun to look good. See also Atomic Blonde... But it, like, when you're coming from a perspective as well-defined as Harley Quinn's, having that sort of humor and funness, I think, is an important way of communicating that mm-hmm. to an audience. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the acting was good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I was, okay. So going back to the cartoon, that also explains why the intro cartoon is so reminiscent yeah, of... Yeah, I think that's got to be uh, the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't realize it was Ewan McGregor. Usually I'm really good at that game. I was like, this guy reminds me of Ewan McGregor. <laughs> but for some reason, there was something about how he's performing that character that uh, I didn't... You were like, oh, it is, it is Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Oh. Um, are you biting but, my notebook, Felicity? Yeah, I've been playing with her that, this whole time. Yeah, trying, trying to, to distract her from biting her hands. Yes, yes. With a microphone. Um, and so I've been listening to the soundtrack to this oh, really? all summer long. Oh, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> really enjoy the soundtrack. Is a great like breakup album. <laughs> it's basically the opposite of like an Adele. Uh-huh. Breakup album, and you know, sometimes you need some Adele, yeah, uh, to do it. But but this one um, is just really well done. Uh, the aesthetics of the the songs go like from song to song. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them were used in the film, yeah. So that was one thing I was well, definitely noticing was when the when music. they were, <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times they were just going with the instrumental um, part. It's a very pop like um, soundtrack soundtrack, yeah. So it's got. Doja Cat and Halsey um, and um, other people. Other <laughs> famous people. people. <laughs> other other people with names. Yeah, yeah. So that was, um, and that was one of the reasons I really wanted to watch the film was because was I enjoyed so the soundtrack so hmm. very much. Um, I noticed it in the course of the movie, which is not always the case for me. I don't always notice music. Um, it, it often slides me by, but I did notice it a few times that there were some good accompanying songs to the scenes that we were seeing. Mm-hmm. Again, in a way that, and I, I don't want to be like pitting like female-led superheroes against each other, but we have so few that it's hard not to compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, just <laughs> That's a why girl. I have critiques of Hamilton. Yeah. Like. <laughs> the, uh, just a girl needle drop in the big fight scene of Marvel Captain Marvel mm-hmm. feels so much so much more ham-fisted compared yeah. to this. Yeah. 
like where the music very much fit everything and it was part of the entire movie and mm-hmm. the viewpoint of the movie. It meets the aesthetic of the film too. Yeah. The instrumental. Well, and all the music, but yeah, whereas the instruments they used. In Captain Marvel, they had that sort of like big girl power moment, but it didn't feel a piece of the rest of the movie or particularly earned. It's not synchronistic. Yeah, kind of. that's a good way it's, of putting it. Like, it, it stands out. Yeah. And that can be useful. Like, that contrast can be an important thing if that's what you're going for. And that is, in Captain Marvel, the first time that she's really, like, becoming Captain Marvel. But also, I think Captain Marvel has the problem of she's too powerful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is no weakness. There's, she's, she, she gets to full power, and then she can do basically whatever she wants. She can fly in space, go through spaceships, blow them up. Um it's honestly it's the superman problem yeah um of like superman is too powerful you have to have a low-powered version to be to have conflict if you want to have conflict based on superpowers i think you can write good superhero comics without that and i've read some of those captain marvel comics that are about other things than just how badly can she punch something to solve a problem but i don't think movie met that goal as much wandered i think they're doing a sequel i don't know wikipedia says they're thinking of a poison ivy movie with harley quinn yeah in it. we need to watch um, i know you don't do cartoons we need to watch the harley quinn cartoon on hbo max okay and it's apparently real good okay and it's apparently um not unlike this movie pretty darn gay um and it, it goes and explores a lot of the, apparently a lot of the relationship between Harley and Ivy, which was another thing that was very, um, I've seen a lot of lesbians talking about how important the Harley Quinn Poison Ivy relationship was to their mm-hmm. awakenings as younglings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very popular ship, as they say. Again, in Batman the Animated Series, where Harley Quinn first appeared. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was a whole like Thelma and Louise episode of Batman the Animated Series that was Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy on a road trip. I would. I mean, it makes me excited about uh, DC films featuring, like, these, these characters. characters and creators, yes. And the creators, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was looking at, it looks like the writer is working on the Flash movie. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, which... Because I'm not excited that's... about the Flash movie. No, the other... The <sighs> other Everything but Wonder Woman in the DC universe has been... A disappointment at best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's working on yeah. Flash. Cool. Um, oh, she wrote Bumblebee, which, again, yeah. I've heard was really good for a Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. And it looks like for the director, this is only her second feature film. Yeah, which is impressive. Um, I do think, and I, again, I can't speak to her, her larger body of work because she only has one other movie and I don't know how it compares to this. I think this is a good example of the thing Marvel pretends to do where they hire in a well-respected director who has a strong point of view. And, like, and then they crush no, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> we have to do this in order to make the next film. And then they crush so it. it. has to be in, like this. Um, because, like, you can think of, like, Edgar Wright's Ant-Man is a movie I'm very sad we don't have, but he left because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Black Panther could have been even better. Ava DuVernay. Well, no, even with... I mean, oh, wait, well, with uh, Ryan. 
turret. I'm going to say Gosling. And I know no, that's it's not wrong. Gosling. I think it starts with a C. Kugler. Uh, I think it's Ryan Kugler. Yeah. Um, which, again, very good movie. I enjoyed Black yeah. Panther a lot. But Ryan the worst par- parts of Black Panther were the parts where it had to fit into the Marvel mold. Yeah. Um, so, like, stuff like that. Or Kenneth Branagh's Thor could have been a lot better if they'd let him make a, make a Kenneth Branagh movie. It's true. Instead of Thor. Because Thor mm-hmm. itself was meh. And they're, they're getting closer to that. Thor Ragnarok being a good example. Yeah, right, as they've ended the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. It's going to go to TV series now. Yeah. I mean, there was the new Spider-Man, Far From Home, was technically part of the MCU in the last MCU film for who knows how long, because... Oh, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Except that we just, they're still filming The Matrix 4. They are still filming so the, the Matrix trick is 4. just to go to a country where they're <laughs> handling the pandemic. <laughs> oh, that's the trick. That's the trick. Um, yeah, I want to watch The Matrix 4. Uh, but yeah, so like getting in a, a good director with a strong voice and allowing them to make the movie they want is generally a good idea. Um, Although apparently the Joker did that, and that was terrible from all intents and from all accounts. They did what? They, Does... they, well, they brought in the director of Joker was um... oh the Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, the Joaquin which was Phoenix outside Joker. of this DC yes, universe. The parallel DC universe is, or is building via the DC extended film series yeah. from from Man of Steel onward. Yeah, into what's on HBO Max now. Yes. And the DC streaming service. Yes. Although, I'm not sure... And this is fine. I don't need this to be the case. I'm not sure how much, like, Doom Patrol is part of the DC film Film universe. universe. That's that's fair. And I'm okay with that. Like, I'd be okay if, like, Batman showed up in an episode of Doom Patrol, only because I know that Doom Patrol would screw him over and, and... show him no mercy and i would appreciate that well they have baby <laughs> cyborg right now they do have baby cyborg although a different cyborg than the one that's in the Zack snyder verse well yeah because he's baby cyborg yeah he's only like 20 right now <laughs> <laughs> he's not really yeah although cyborg historically is a young character um he was a member of the teen titans because he was a teen I don't know if I have much more to say about it. It was a fun movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I would watch, watch again. again. Would watch sequels. Yeah. Uh, although I don't need to see Suicide Squad to know anything. Yeah, I'm not interested. Uh, in I'm interested in watching the the James Gunn Suicide Squad. That doesn't exist yet. Are they doing a sequel to Suicide Squad? Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows what they're doing over there. Nobody knows what they're doing. Period. But. Um, James Gunn got fired from Guardians. Three. Three. For reasons that were bad. DC, being smart, was like, oh, those were bad reasons. There's a lot of people supporting James Gunn right now. We'll hire him to direct a Suicide Squad movie, which is basically the equivalent of Guardians in sort of that space. And so they did. And so he's now making... The Suicide Squad, as opposed to Suicide Squad, because you make a movie classy by adding or removing the particle at the front. Article. Not a particle. Article. The article. It's like a particle. It's small. It is small. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, you add the Batman, which is the new Batman movie is now called the Batman, uh. or you remove it from, um, oh, what's a, like the Man of Steel is his his phrase, but we remove it, so just Man of Steel. You add or remove the to make it classier. The Wolverine, as opposed to Wolverine Origins. I'm way far afield of the point I was trying to make, which is that James Gunn was hired to direct The Suicide Squad. Nobody really knows what it's going to be about or how connected it is going to be to the previous version of The Suicide Squad. The good news is Suicide Squad as a team is very modular. It's very Mm -hmm. easy to drop Mm -hmm. in and take out people. Um, that's kind of the whole premise is that they're likely to die anyway so you have to have new people to fill in slots um it is likely margot robbie is going to return for that because everyone really likes her harley quinn Mm -hmm. Um, but beyond that nobody really knows i will say the dc universe uh that's really kind of the well that's the only one I really associate the actor with the character, but you got jason momoa with aquaman like Mm -hmm. that one i can't really separate yeah um but like we're we're Superman and Batman are kind of forgettable. We're already changing out Batman <laughs> for another actor. Yeah. Although uh, I saw something that said Affleck might be back again in a different movie. I don't know. It's very confusing. Um But Henry Cavill as Superman does not whelm me very much. But people have just I feel like been drawn to the Harley Quinn character mm-hmm. and I could be miss No, I've seen that as seen well. That I agree. More so than the other the other characters. Yeah. Maybe because Aquaman had a meh eh. movie. Um, Aquaman's kind of a meh character. He talks to fish. Yeah. Yeah. Um Oh, one other thing I wanted to say that I thought I liked about this um was the street levelness of it. Um, in that, with the exception of Black Canary, none of the people in this film are superpowered. Yeah, they don't have meta. Um, to any ex- great extent. You can make an argument that Harley Quinn has a narrative power, um, which is that she shapes the world around her through mm-hmm. her actions. Um, kind of like Domino in Deadpool 2, but in a less literal sense. Mm. Um, that is a, a extra textual reading of it, but it's one that I like is when superpowers shape the narratives that they're in because they know they're superheroes or supervillains mm. or whatever Harley Quinn is. Um, but yeah, with the exception of the Huntress, whose name is a joke in the film, none of the main characters had superhero names um, or even really like capes or cowls or anything like that. You know, you had the black mask put on his black mask at the end, but that was real underwhelming. <laughs> they they noted from the beginning that that was his villain. Yes. Yeah. Villain persona was the yeah. black mask. Well, yeah, and you see the big black mask hands in his bar and things like that. But it wasn't like... He also doesn't have a superpower. He also doesn't have a superpower. Super, his superpower is crime. He's just a big, big mafia <laughs> yeah. guy. Uh, yeah. And then Zaz, who's a, a very interesting comic book character who never gets his due in movies... Was Zaz in this? Yeah, he's the guy that was cutting off faces. Okay. The bleach he, blonde. Yeah. He almost always is in like films or TV shows playing like second or third fiddle to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's... This is stuff I've read. I haven't actually seen this in the comics because I haven't read a lot of the comics. He's basically a very mirror Batman character in that he is a rich and powerful sociopath. 
So he is, he can get Zaz's away with... Zaz's or Black Mask? Zaz. Okay. In the comics, again. Okay. They don't do this in the... Like, I've seen a bunch of adaptations with Zaz. I'm like, oh, it's, hey, it's Zaz! Nobody knows what to do with Zaz! Yeah. Um, but he likes killing people, and he can get away with it because he has privilege, and that's mm-hmm. sort of his superpower in the or inverse of Batman. And then where he draws the scars on himself for every person he's killed, and they kind of briefly reference that, but it's not an important part of his character in this film, which is fine. Not everything has to be, but yeah, nobody nobody above the street level Batman amount of power. Which was neat. Was, yeah. Any other thoughts? Uh just the the fight scene in the jail where the sprinklers came on. Yeah. One that's cool to have the complication of water. Yeah. But it made me think of the last dance scene in Descendants 2. <laughs> and anything that reminds me of the dance scene in Descendants 2 is a good thing in my mind. Yeah. It's weird the thing <laughs> connections we make between things. It's very strange. Yeah. That was a good fight scene too though. Most of the fight scenes were pretty pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. And we've got, you know, in the ensemble a black and a Latina superhero. Mm-hmm. So that's good which yeah. the marvel you, you kind of have tessa thompson valkyrie yeah i mean not you kind of you do yeah, i mean she yes, yes. <laughs> she exists she's part of the universe she might have gotten um, killed off in one of the last avengers movies it was very unclear no she's she was at the end of endgame oh, she, took, she? she took over the oh that's right yeah Breton, yeah whatever, uh, Ag- asgard guard the asgard colony she's the queen of the asgardians yeah which is on all of the superhero movies yeah. Can work on. And the TV shows. Yeah. CW does a pretty good job. No. They're okay. They can do better, but... They, they can do better. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It was a fun movie. It's nice. on HBO Max if you want to watch it now to stream. And if you don't, that's that's cool too. And you can listen to the soundtrack because it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. It's a good... It's a very good breakup album. <laughs> I've been breaking up with the world. Something? No, I've been breaking up with the world this summer. <laughs> It's just been useful for that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. yeah no. He wasn't bringing up with you. <laughs> just just the world. Just the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it. Give it a shot. Oh. Well, I, we have different tastes in music. I love pop music. That's my... Do I give you the impression I don't like pop music? No, but you're like, they might be giants and Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, no, I like, and I like, like that stuff also. That's all I know. Yes. Like the double clicks. <laughs> yes, I have a very limited scope of music that I'm familiar with. All of the pop so- this is what all of the pop songs that you know, you know first through the Weird Al parody, not from their original. That is 100% true. So that is where I get the idea. It's not that you will turn pop music off, but I'm you just don't ignorant. are not drawn to it to listening to yes. it. I listen to every Taylor Swift album when it comes out at least once. Because I feel listen like, to Folklore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not like, I didn't like focus on it. I was working with what I listened to. But yeah, I put mm-hmm. that on and listen to it. I listened to Fetch the Bolt Cutters when that came out. I don't know who that is. Um, Fiona Apple. Okay. Her newest album. Um, and it's pretty good. Okay. I actually listened to that a few times. I like Beyonce. You don't get popper than Beyonce. That's true. That's true. Although I, you haven't listened to all of her albums because I haven't listened to all of her albums. Maybe you have. You've listened to Lemonade. I haven't. I haven't listened to a lot of her later. I've listened to Lemonade. Albums I've listened all the way to through. 
Um, I watched Lemonade. Yeah. I've listened to the the Black Album, the Beyond, the one that's just called Beyonce, mm-hmm. um, quite a few times. I probably the most listened to that one. Um, the one that she surprised dropped and everyone was like, Beyonce released an album and didn't tell anybody. That was the first visual album. Did that one have a visual album associated with it? I think if it's I a thought, thing. I have I it. That was Lemonade. That was the first No, one. no. She had one before. It wasn't visual in the same, like, Lemonade was like an hour long. Yeah. But each song yes, has its each own song music video. A music video. I do remember that. That is, but like, yes. I bought it on iTunes. I have all the music videos and I have all the. Yes. So, yes, music. it was a visual album in that sense, and it was real good. Um, I haven't listened to The Carters, the, the collab she did with her husband, Jay Z. Yeah, I, I listened to listen that like to that. once. Um, that was, oh, Beyonce released an album. Also, she filmed a music video in the Louvre and nobody knew it. Yeah. <laughs> right, we're wandering quite far afield, yep. Amy. Hot music. <laughs> Say goodnight, That's Amy. A big genre. Good night. Good night, Amy.